Hi, welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. In this podcast, we dive into conventional leadership in today's fast-paced business environment. With our experience and insights, we'll help you lead with heart while securing your career. Join us for engaging conversations and practical advice to elevate your leadership skills and make a real difference. I'm your host, Roberto Torres, a seasoned startup engineering leader, alongside Chris Oderking, a Fortune 100 IT lead. Today, we're discussing the first actions you must do after a layoff. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing good, Roberto, and uh, this will certainly be a hot topic. I hope uh, our conversation can help people. I hope you're doing well. How, how are things down there in Mexico? Um, actually, uh, uh, the Mexico City is pretty rainy these days, so it's okay. Thank you very much. And indeed, besides being a hot topic, it's a current topic because I, I don't know if you've seen your, your LinkedIn uh, feed. Mine, it goes with many people being laid off as well as companies say, oh, I'm sorry, but we have to lay these 100 people, these 20 people, so it's a current topic. Yeah, it's very hot. And I know, you know, depending on the industry, you know, some industries are getting hit more by, uh, than others. But, you know, if you work at a firm where there are a lot of fixed costs, you know, there's machinery, there's buildings, and the the CEO wants to cut costs by 10%. Well, you can't cut 10% of the corner of the building off. You can't usually reduce 10% of your land or 10% of your trucks easily. So unfortunately, reductions in budgets typically hit people pretty hard in most companies. Yeah, especially also in startups, which are tech, you know, and usually goes with... Uh, um, reducing the engineering team, maybe uh, 50% or something like that. And maybe some uh, people who are working uh, certain departments that are not as important as the core ones. So it's a pretty topic. And uh, for, uh, for, um, for all the people who are being laid off, I think one of the biggest factors, or excuse me, one of the biggest actions they must do is to become a humiliator for themselves, because usually they do it for the company, but in, in this case for themselves, and what I'm explaining here is that people has to be really aware of their situation. Where are they, where are they now? Uh, how much money they have, what are their expectations towards to finding a job, because they to be either young, you know, 20, 30s, and they to maybe uh, find a job fast, but people who are maybe about 40, 50 years old might not. So I think they had to be this humiliated for themselves, because actually I think uh, some people don't do that. Don't yeah, no, I, I agree. You really have to look inside and reflect. What is my personal situation? Be more concerned about the, the personal situation. I mean, if you got laid off with a group of, so what fr frequently happens, and in my case was well over 100 people in a batch and multiple batches of these hundreds of people, right? So 
you know, you do care about others. And as a humane leader, you might be concerned about some of your peers who are laid off at the same time you were. But now is the time to be a humane leader for yourself and reflect. What are you going to get? And a, an important step in that, and this will depend very much on the kind of company and how the layoff is done. Frequently, our layoffs, you might be told and you might be working for another week, two weeks, four weeks even. Uh, and your last day in the office with access to things at the office might be four weeks from now. So what you might do immediately is really going to be very dependent on whether they come and tell you, hey, Roberto, you're laid off. Take this box and put all your stuff in it and you're out the door right now with HR and they literally like walk you out the door. Or if on the other hand, maybe they give you some time still in the office, which gives you a little time to tell your coworkers, um, maybe get some uh, clarity around the benefits that you might receive. Because one of the things is you're assessing your, your, your self situation, right? And you mentioned the monetary aspect of it, right? Hey, your pay is going to be ending. Most people in my experience don't look through their HR benefits. They might look into medical insurance. Uh, maybe sometimes they'll look if they're in, in the USA, their 401k plan and how that works. But almost nobody gets around to reading way down, many, many pages down is what's my severance in case I get laid off. So you definitely want to be asking about that right away because that might tell you, hey, I'm going to get, again, very dependent on the type of company, but maybe because you've been there X number of years, you might get six months of severance. So now you know you're going to continue to collect your paycheck for six months. Is medical included with that? In some countries, it is. In other countries, it's only covered till the end of the month, and then you have to pay for the portion the company was paying for you. So your medical insurance cost goes up significantly. That budget aspect that you mentioned might not be stay the same. Some big changes might come if you start paying uh, for your own medical insurance because in the U.S., very, very expensive. So I think the number one step for me would always be um, as you're reflecting inward and being a humane leader, but fully understand the benefits the company is going to continue to pay if you're getting laid off, whether that's none. Hey, legally, we don't have to do anything. So you're you're being walked out the door right now. And maybe your country or your state has unemployment insurance, but you're not getting any severance. That's like the worst case scenario. Or in other cases, it might be, hey, you know what? We're going to keep you till the end of the month. Today's the first of the month. We're going to keep you to the end of the month. And you may have the option to apply for other jobs. Like you mentioned, you know, maybe we're reducing one portion of the company, but maybe there's an option then for you to apply to other areas of the company. So you want to understand your benefits and your, your situation in detail as quickly as possible. And I mean within hours not like, well, I'm going to take four or five days and figure out what's going on. It's like, no, your number one priority now is to understand that situation uh, financially and what benefits you have. Yeah, uh, and let me tell you that here in Mexico, uh, uh, when you get layoffs, they don't tell you in advance how many days you're going to be laid off, neither what's going to be your last day. That day, you're going to get fired. You know, they got you into the office and hey, Roberto, uh, today's your last day of job, but not your last day right now. <laughs> he, he, this minute. <laughs> he, 
Yes, here is the compensation package. You will receive it. Give me your computer. Uh, sign this, sign that. They transfer all, all the money and bye-bye. So, and, and we should discuss that in a, in a further episode because it, it's kind of a, uh, of a different mindset, you know, it's a cultural mindset. But I totally agree with you. You have to think now, not tomorrow, not today, not in five days, because right now you must uh, understand where you are um, seated, where you are standing, uh, what's, what are the challenges in front of you and how you're going to tackle them. Because um, let, let, me, let me say something. After you're being uh, laid off, after you're being fired or uh, removed from, or from the company, the thing is you must act wise, uh, and I mean uh, money-wise, because one thing is you mentioned, your insurance is going to go um, way above to the skies. It's going to be an increase of that. and. You're, you're stopping about receiving money. So uh, there is a saying in, in Mexico that translated has to be, you have to be like slim cows. You know, there are fat cows in which you have, you receive this kind of money, you can spend here, here, and here. But being slim cows, mentioning you have to slim your budget to say this expenses are not the ones that uh, these expenses are the ones that I had to stick with them, maybe try to reduce them as, as much as possible. And these ones, uh, I don't have to uh, be spending uh, anymore because until you find a job in, in which you, you receive a salary, you should be doing that. And and for that, let me give you a, a, a quick example. Um, I think it was back in 2017, I was an independent consultant and some customer of mine, uh, I had a meeting with him at a Starbucks. So I, I, I arrived at a Starbucks and find out a friend, hey dude, what are you doing here? No, you know, I got a layoff four months ago and I came here, I'm checking, you know, the job offers and everything. And I thought to myself, why this guy is at a Starbucks? Because, you know, the coffee, it is expensive. It is not a, a, a cheap nor an expensive. Why is this guy here? And as I was waiting for my customer to arrive, he was talking and he said that his wife was working and she was creating all the money, earning all the money for him or her to live. And I say to myself, this guy is a cynic because he's taking his coffee rather than taking his coffee at his home, which is more, uh, uh, it, it is less expensive. And he to be working rather than maybe drinking and doing something else, uh, finding a, a job. So that kind of, uh, that person was committing a mistake, an error. And you had to be really wise about your situation and not 
I try to avoid those uh, committing those errors. Don't you? Agree? Well, and and think about this too is is that as you were observing him, right, and you're thinking in the back of your head, man, this guy's kind of. I'm going to read into it a bit, right? He's kind of being lazy about his job oh, yeah. search, right? Well, maybe other IT people have now come into the Starbucks and they sort of know him from other jobs and they're thinking the same thing. What are the odds they're going to recommend him for a job if he's got kind of a lazy attitude? Now, sometimes networking at Starbucks is helpful, right? You know, if a lot of people, that was where a lot of independent contractors got together and you could find out about job leads, maybe Starbucks could help you find the job. But boy, to me, I'd be very concerned about people who might be willing to help me find a job, they're putting their reputation on the line. If I recommend Roberto, I don't want to be thinking in the back of my mind, why is he sipping coffee in a Starbucks at 11 o'clock in the morning when he ought to be home sending out resumes and making phone calls in private yeah. to find another job? So, you know, that that number one priority, like you're saying, you know, is to get on the job and approach it professionally, you know, to 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 approach it in a lackadaisical kind of lazy way. You might be giving off the wrong signals to people who could help you find a job and they might be reluctant to recommend you. And yeah. that's very bad because networking is how a lot of people and most of the people that I know that have been laid off in the past very rarely get their jobs cold calling, you know, just like a blind ad and they send in a resume and they get it. It does happen, but it's rare. Much more frequently, uh, because I'm thinking of people that have moved up through the hierarchy of the company, more senior people, because that's mostly who I, I knew and worked with because I'm older, it was through a connection. You knew somebody who worked at this other company and you reached out to them and said, hey, are, is there any opportunities there? They say, yeah, there is. There's a role that's good. I know the leader of that department. And maybe they can't influence it much, but at least they get your resume to the top of the pile so that at least it's looked at, so that you get the opportunity ahead of 500 other resumes, so that you might at least get the interview. You still have to have the skills, the ability, and win over the panel that's interviewing you. But at least if you have an inside contact that can at least get you through some of that mechanical screening that takes place, uh, it really makes a difference in finding your next role. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and in uh, Starbucks, you, you're not going to find that with your networking. Also, uh, one thing that uh, is a mistake for people above 40, 45, is that they're not updated with new knowledge. Let, let me let me tell you this. Uh, recently, I spoke with a guy. He was like 28 years old, and his his letter or his reading, excuse me, of uh, people above uh, 45 years old was that they weren't neither agile nor dynamic nor updated in new knowledge. So. Uh, if you are being, uh, if you have been laid off, and you're uh, above this um, this years, uh, this bracket of years, this range of years, I think you what you must do is to try, not not try, 
learn new knowledge. If you're uh, an IT guy, okay, what's the trend is uh, uh, no, uh, knowledge? Is it uh, cybersecurity? Is it a new programming language? Is it something? But you must be really uh, up to the challenge because companies are going to, yes, use your experience, but they're going to to see if there is a fit of your knowledge with this within this company. You know, that's that's why, well, in my case, I'm learning a new programming language because what I, it is a new for me, but it's, uh, it has been around. But because you must be up to the challenge of these dynamic workplaces that are different from the other, uh, from the old ones. Yeah, no, abs absolutely. So any certifications that you get on your, you know, if you're doing your resume, right, your CV, they call it in other countries, right, your resume, yeah. you know, what is the most recent certification that you've gotten? What is the most recent training? What was your most recent thing that you can put a date on? Because I'll tell you, you don't want to put, wow, yeah, I'm really proud I got my master's degree. It was back in 1987. You know, that's <laughs> probably not a good thing to put on your resume. If you got your master's degree, let's say you went to school <clears throat> after you'd been working for a while and that master's degree, and I'm going to make up a date, let's say is 2010. All right, you're, that's probably okay. That's 10, 12, 13 years ago. You're okay. But if it's 20 years ago, I'm probably not going to put a date on that. I'm still going to say I have my master's degree, but if it's 20 years ago, I'm not going to say when it was. Instead, I might say, well, I got ITIL certified two years ago. I got, you know, certification X a certain time or, you know, something that is showing that continuous learning is good. It's just if you're doing that as a highlight on your resume, don't date some of the oldest stuff and drop some of the things that don't matter. You know, uh, I, I'm not sure I would even put my bachelor's degree on anymore for the age that I am. You know, that was a, decades and decades ago. So I don't know that I would put that on my resume. Yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty good um, advice. People won't, won't tell you, uh, the recruiters won't say, when was that you started the, uh, the MBA? No, it, it wouldn't. What, what they want to know is, how actually your 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 knowledge it is today it is uh, a match with today's businesses because i did my mba 20, 20 years ago and the um, online businesses back then was totally different from today's so you must be pretty related to what the businesses are actually right now Right. Well, for example, you're doing the chat uh, GPT prompt engineering learning, right? Yeah. And so I would absolutely be highlighting that on my on my resume if I was looking because that is so topical and so current. I, I would probably not say I'm learning COBOL for those of you who know what that is. <laughs> Google it. Yes. You can ask chat GPT what COBOL is. And, yes. Um, <laughs> C-O-B-O-L. Um, <laughs> Yes, actually, uh, and, and let me tell you, I created a Substack newsletter, which is Practical Chat GPT Solutions. 
in which I created this chat GPT uh, prompt methodology. Oh, excuse me, yes. And I put on some real cases over there. So I'm, I'm trying to be um, aware of the, what chat GPT is and to challenge myself about finding the right solution. So yes, that would be the, uh, the case. Yeah, you know, the other thing that I can think of that I, I've sometimes have seen people do as a mistake initially when they're laid off is they, they don't admit it to anybody. And, you know, the people that are going to help you find the job, kind of referring back to, you know, when I mentioned, you know, sometimes a, a referral gets you to the top of the resume pile. If you don't let everybody that you know you were laid off, um, I think that can be a mistake. Now, I don't mean you got to broadcast it. I don't mean get a T-shirt that says it. But you never know who might be able to refer you to a job. You're you're at a summer cookout with friends, but you don't know everybody at the party. So if you meet a new stranger, don't hi you know they uh, typically with guys, right? They're going to ask you, Roberto, what do you do for a living? Well, I work in IT, but I'm currently laid off. I'm looking for something new. Oh, really? I work for. Boeing aircraft and and we're trying to integrate AI into what we're doing and we don't know much about prompt engineering all of a sudden here there's this person you never knew you didn't know you're going to run into them but if you had held back and not told them you were laid off they wouldn't maybe have asked you know the details around what you really do so whilst in the past years and years and years ago getting laid off used to have a stigma nowadays it happens to everybody. Every single family member that I know, cousins, et cetera, every single one of us at some point in our career has been laid off now. In my dad's generation, he didn't know anybody who had ever been laid off. Yeah. Now yeah, everybody's been laid off at least once that I know. <laughs> yes, because that uh, baby boomer uh, generation worked in, um, it was, coin as uh, stability. All the words you to be or you used to be 20 or 25 or 30 years in a single work in a single company. So right now this is different. Uh, business are the same but have modified to something that is more dynamic. If you don't reach the numbers you get fired, you know pretty well in, uh, at Honeywell, not, not by you but Honeywell did that, as well as Walmart, as well as Facebook. There is no stability as it used to be before, but in order to, um, to, to challenge that, to, to overcome that, you must be dynamic in your, in your knowledge. People are, uh, everything is changing so rapidly. It's like this week that Apple uh, released a, uh, the um, announcement of the AR uh, device. That is going to change something else. If you think about having your PDA, you know, your compact PDA like it was 20 years ago, it's totally different. Right now, that's why you have your iPhone. That's why you have uh, all these kind of services and what's going to be in the future. So you have to be disruptive of yourself in order to achieve, uh, in order to get a job or to have a, a, a constant income. 
that is, I think that is the main difference between the people who say, oh man, I have, I, I was laid off from the ones that say I had to be disruptive in order to be um, aligned to all these um, changing times. Yep, absolutely. And just recognize it's the new normal. It is yeah. very normal to get laid off. So prepare for it. Even if you don't think your company is going to be having layoffs, be prepared for it so that immediately when it happens, yeah, it's shocking. Don't get angry at HR. Don't get angry at your boss. Look, it's just the way the world operates. Know what your benefits are. Know what your economic budget situation is and start looking for a job immediately. Leverage all your contacts start that resume getting it out there your cv refresh it have it ready to go and start networking because you know it it's gonna if you haven't been laid off today you're probably gonna get laid off at some point in your career yeah let me tell you about this i met this lady who works at financial at uber okay and she has to work on a yearly basis all the people who are not going to reach a five-year period working at Uber. Why? Because they're going to get fired because Uber, or she said, my boss, and there's a structures way above, says that people has to be laid off maximum uh, uh, five years of work. Why? Because they are so expensive and we have to hire new people, more dynamic, with less salary. So it's also It's their strategy. It's their company yeah. strategy, yes. And and it, GE, for example, um, General Electric, they were very famous for their top grade. It was called top grading. And there's a book out on it that they wrote all about how their management was to continually turn over the workforce for that kind of thing. Unfortunately, GE has also, there's many also books written about the failure of that because it created so much infighting, people afraid they're gonna lose their job all the time that they would sabotage others to make themselves look successful. And ultimately quite a few people recognize that that kind of ruthless management strategy can be effective in the short run and produce profits, but in the long run it damaged uh, GE and put it to where it is today, which is, you know, it's no, it's a shadow of what it used to be because this top grading actually created a culture not of collaboration, but of actually backstabbing and fighting. And we could obviously, we could have, we, I think one of the times we did talk about what kind of company culture you want to work with. I think if you started a company and you find out things are happening like that, where they're just, we just want to churn and burn people so we don't have to pay them too much once they've got experience. We don't care about them, get rid of them. That kind of top grading, I, I, I don't know that I would want to work at a company like that. If I knew that was the culture, I don't know that I would apply there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, GE is not a, was not having a humane leadership, neither Uber. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work there also. But, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think with this uh, topic, it's not going to end here, but for time purpose, we must close it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we will. We going to, We're going to talk about this more at a later time. So uh, let's do the wrap up, uh, Chris. 
Okay, uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. We hope our insights help you become a smarter and more strategic leader. Apply today's lesson to see the positive impact on your team and career. Catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Join us next week as we discuss something trendy in the leadership world. Until then, stay humane and stay successful. Bye-bye, Chris. See you later, Roberto. Bye.